We think a lot of people, you, most entrepreneurs are thinking, hey, someday I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I might want to sell this business. And so having really good books where people can go back two or three years or more and, and have, you know, your financials in line with industry standards is, is really important to, to getting that, that top line that you're looking for, for your business. Welcome to Short-Term Rental Solutions, a show for hosts and property managers looking to overcome obstacles, maximize revenue, and optimize their short-term rental business by learning from the innovators who are designing the solutions that are shaping our industry. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our show. Uh, we are so glad to have you here, and thank you for taking a minute out of your day to join us. We're super excited because, you know, as we're approaching year end, one of the things that's important for us to be talking about is our financials and accounting. It's great to be considering that all year long, but particularly we have an expert here today with us, and that's Jesse from Simplify. And if you're not familiar with Simplify, it is an accounting solution that's specifically designed for our industry, the short-term rental industry. And Jesse is also a CPA, so he's really going to be bringing some high-level expertise and knowledge for us today. And I can't wait to have this conversation because it's almost self-serving in the sense that I feel like I have tons of questions. So I've got all kinds of things to ask him today, and I'm sure that you're going to learn a lot uh, as we go along too. So Jesse, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So would you just take a moment to introduce yourselves to the listeners of the show today? Yeah, sure. So, yep. Name is Jesse. I've uh, been a CPA for, gosh, too many years now, but I spent about 10 years in public accounting. Uh, started off uh, with PricewaterhouseCoopers, which is where I spent a better part of uh, about a decade. I then became the CFO of a small but ultra luxury real estate investment uh, company, but then they they rented those uh, those luxury properties on a short-term rental basis, as well as uh, managed uh, a nice portfolio of ultra-luxury homes, actually all over the world. So I was, you know, I was privileged to uh, get that position, largely tasked with transforming their finance function. Did that by leveraging technology and and really building up a great uh, accounting team there, and you know, did that for a couple years. And said, I always had a a bit of a dream or a bit of a, you know, urge in the back of my mind that wanted to start its own uh, company and own firm. And so uh, that's how we founded Simplify. And we really hung our hat, uh, you know, almost exclusively in the vacation rental business because I felt it, it's an industry that, that needed some leadership, both from a technology and accounting perspective. And so, you know, that's what we did and uh, started just over five years ago now. And it's been a great ride. It's really turned out to be, you know, a, a great decision to focus in this industry. Yeah, well, the need is definitely there because, you know, we're running in some cases, multi-million dollar businesses. And so making sure that our accounting house is in order, as it were, is crucial. Yeah. So, uh, if you don't mind, let's just jump right in because I feel yeah. like our time together is going to go really fast and I want to get as much as much knowledge and education out of you as possible. Sure. <laughs> so great. I have actually had conversations with various other hosts and property managers discussing the concept of when we do or are doing our accounting, do we, you know, cash basis, accrual basis is one preferred over the other? Does it matter, you know, what we choose to do, whether we're, you know, just an individual property owner versus a property manager? 
yeah, sort that out for us for a second. Yeah, well, it's a, you know, uh, it's a complicated subject, and then you throw in trust accounting and all that, it, it gets even more complicated, certainly. You know, first, I think it's important to, to just define, hey, what's cash accounting versus what's accrual accounting? Because I think some people might not even quite understand that. But, you know, if I think about cash accounting, cash accounting is, hey, I receive cash, I recognize income. And that means if I receive money today for a reservation that's going to, you know, not arrive for two or three months, hey, uh, that means I'm going to record the the revenue today when I receive the cash. And then later on down the road, maybe when I pay out the owner, I might record that as a cost of goods sold. That's uh, now I wouldn't, that is by far not my preferred approach to uh, accounting for short-term rental accounting, but, but certainly that's an approach that some people take. So if we if we go to the flip side of accrual accounting, accrual accounting says, hey, I receive a booking today, I receive cash today, but actually that's going to sit as an advanced deposit until that person uh, arrives. And then when that person arrives, I'm either going to recognize that revenue, you know, maybe over the life of the stay, uh, or you know maybe I just write, I recognize all of it on check in or all of it on departure. So uh, that that would be the difference between accrual versus cash certainly as an accountant we, we prefer the accrual method of accounting because it's the it's the best way to uh one we, we call revenue and expense matching which means hey if i want to understand how i'm performing in this particular month well i really need to understand uh, i need to match up my expenses with when i'm actually earning that revenue so the idea is hey i'm earning that revenue when that when that uh, guest arrives the other piece of the puzzle is hey uh do i show revenue as my revenue uh, we're talking about like accommodation fare right accommodation fare that i'm going to pay out to an owner do i show that as my revenue or do i uh, put that on a balance sheet basically as a liability and then uh, only recognize my my management commissions so again a bit of, bit of a trickier uh, uh, subject but certainly the best practice in the industry is that hey you're going to actually record the owner's revenue as a, a liability basically payable to them and the revenue that's going to be shown on your balance sheet is or i'm sorry on your income statement is going to be the management commissions maybe cleaning fees other ancillary fees that you're going to be earning as the management company and and not uh, actually uh, showing the accommodation fare on on, on your p l as a management company anyway diving into the weeds already but uh, you know those are subjects that uh you know we help people think through and again use best practices so that they can a benchmark themselves against other companies and then also hey you know we think a lot of people you, most entrepreneurs are thinking hey someday I'm, I'm, I'm probably i might want to sell this business and so having really good books where people can go back two or three years or more and and have uh your you know your financials in line with industry standards is, is really important to, to getting that that top line that you're looking for for your business yeah absolutely well and i'm just gonna mention here jesse and zimplify they have a great software product called vr platform and uh, i just want to put out there that at the end of the show we have some bonus content and uh, jesse is actually going to take us in there and show us around that platform so if you're listening to the podcast today make sure you you know stick with us through the show but then also follow us over onto youtube so that you can really see what they've built and how they can help us really simplify keeping 
you know, all of our financials really straight and neat, like you said, so that we have everything ready to go, no matter what the long terms, you know, uh, goals are for our business. Yeah, so Jesse, I heard you talking a little bit about, you know, the revenue that comes in on reservations and, you know, particularly if you're a property manager, there really is a distinction between rents and revenues, mm -hmm. but that's easy to get confused. So how would you explain that to someone who may or may not realize that there actually is a distinction? Because people just think, oh, you know, we got this money for this reservation. That's our revenue. Like that's kind of the obvious thing that people think. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, you know, again, as I, as I talked about it a bit, it's as a management company and this, this goes beyond, uh, say just short-term rental accounting. You know, if we, if we can look at a much older industry, which is just uh, traditional property management that manages traditional properties and, and how do they recognize their revenue? And so, if you're a property manager and you're receiving a monthly lease uh, on behalf of, uh, you know, a rent a, a landlord that owns a piece of property, but you're maintaining it, collecting the money for them from uh, from the lessor, or I'm sorry, lessee. Uh, how would you treat that? You know, those rents that you're collecting. Well, you know, really, it's that you're bringing money in, and as soon as that money hits your bank account, it's it's really payable to another owner. And so it's not your revenue. The revenue that you're earning is your management commission, uh, perhaps cleaning fees and the other ancillary fees that I talked about earlier, damage waiver, uh, maybe you charge a booking fee, maybe there's different fees that you charge the owner. And that so that that's really your revenue that you've earned as the management company. And those rents, a lot of people will use the term rents and trust. So when I receive rents, that's rents and trust. And so, and rents and trust basically means, hey, you've got, you have rents that are in trust of other people. And so uh, that's how, you know, we typically help our clients, uh, the companies we work with think about it, which, you know, again, uh, will throw people off because not, maybe they haven't been following that methodology, you know, since they started their business. Yeah. So another question that, <laughs> sorry, I, I can just keep pepper you the whole time with questions. Question. There's just a million different things, but okay. I had a reservation. I got a deposit, you know, maybe 50% of the total cost of the reservation has come in. And, you know, I guess if I understood you correctly, if we're using the accrual method, that, that money is, oh man, I can't remember the exact way you said it, but it's kind of sitting there. Hasn't really been, say it, go ahead. Uh, deferred revenue essentially, or advanced deposit. Okay. Advanced deposit or deferred revenue. So that, that money is sitting there, but then a couple of months go by and they end up canceling before their stay. So how does that wash out in the accounting? Well, it all depends. Is, you know, it, uh, you basically beg the question of, uh, is that, you know, did they fall within their window of, of cancellation or not? So are you going to keep some of that money or not in accounting? And actually, especially even when we talk about trust accounting specific for short-term rental, we, we talk about a lot, we, we talk about events and triggers. And so when I receive a payment, well, that triggers basically a deposit. When I have somebody check in, you know, typically the way, you know, most people look at it, that, that triggers revenue. And so 
then I'm going to take that cash I received and then apply it against that essentially invoice, right? So I was holding on a bunch of money. I raise an invoice. This person owes me money. I take their advance deposit and I apply it against their balance. Essentially, it is a lot of how we think about it. So, so we had two triggers. We had a payment was a trigger. We had a we had a check-in, which was a trigger. But then you have the cancellation, which is another trigger. And so upon cancellation, it's, uh, you know, it's basically as if uh, it's similar to a check-in. Something has to happen with that money. So one, does it remain as an advance deposit? payable to out to the guest or is that advanced deposit now forfeited so if that advanced deposit is forfeited or part of it's forfeited then i'm going to recognize revenue in some way or another now then you ask the question of okay well what's my what's my uh management contract say do i keep all of that cancellation income for me as the management co do i share it with my owner if i share it with my owner or, or paid out to my owner can i charge commissions on it you know, there's a, so there's always a lot of these rules and in tracking the money and uh, around refunds and cancellations are always the fun edge, edge case that you have to, you have to deal with. Most systems can automate it for the most part, but there's always still a bit of, you know, manual eyeing that you have to do to make sure you get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about reporting to the States. So again, it's, it's this weird like middle place where we actually get money that comes to us, but then there's a lag. So if I'm reporting, you know, my lodging tax, you know, technically I have money in the account for a reservation. Do I report that to the state that month or do I wait till the guest checks in? Does it, is there a right or a wrong way for that? Yeah, that, that an, another kind of gray area. Uh, I have heard some states make the argument that when you receive the cash, the, the sales tax is due. I've, I've pushed back pretty considerably on that. And I would say that that's pretty much the rare case of how people recognize and report revenue, largely because you, you're taking an advanced deposit and also that advanced deposit is, isn't even yours. So you're holding on behalf of somebody else. Therefore, you know, typically what we see in practice is that you're, uh, Again, so if we take that money in as an advanced deposit, some of that is taxes. Uh, at the moment they check in, that advanced deposit is then split into a bunch of different line items, right? Some is accommodation fare, some is cleaning fee, uh, some is sales tax payable. And so uh, that, that advanced deposit then basically splits into those three buckets. Some of that's going to go to the owner, some of that goes to you. And then obviously the sales tax payable, again, is a, what we call a liability due to uh, your tax authority that you're then going to pay out again you, you know your your filing timeline that that is very much going to be dependent upon you know where you're at where you're filing um you know you can have sometimes where you file monthly with a, a city but you file uh quarterly with the state right so that that, that really varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction but uh but either way and then you also have to beg the question of okay hey you know, how much, uh, what's my revenue by property, by channel, because Airbnb might pay some of your taxes, uh, VRBO, if you're the merchant, what we call the merchant of record, like you're taking payments through Stripe or another merchant processor, you're the merchant of record. So, it, you know, it really gets complex from a sales tax perspective. I can tell you safely <laughs> that uh, even on our team, the most complex and challenging problem for our staff 
to solve is sales tax. It is, uh, it's a tough one. It, it, very easy to mess up, a lot of complexities, uh, which I'll plug Avalara and my Lodge tax uh, right away. We're actually working on having an integration with them soon, but generally speaking, we, uh, we work with my Lodge tax to file and stay in compliance for all of our clients. That's great. Yeah, if you guys aren't aware, my Lodge Tax, uh, I think it's just mylodgetax.com. You can basically outsource the responsibility of the, you know, reporting and payment to the various jurisdictions where your properties are to them, and they'll make sure, like you said, that it happens just so. Yeah, I think that's obviously really great. They also have a dashboard, which we're building one that'll plug into theirs too. But the the biggest, if especially if you're uh, operating multiple jurisdictions, you know, Colorado is a really tough one, right? Like each city and County is different. So if you're operating in Colorado and you know, you've got some in Silverthorne and you have some up in Breckenridge and you have some over in, over in Beaver Creek and Vail, uh, you, you know, the, <laughs> the reporting in each one of those areas is so different and staying in compliance from a, a registration and licensing standpoint is really, really tough. And so that's for us where we find, uh, you know, uh, services like MyLogitech really come in, uh, you know, save the day for us. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, all right. Cost of goods sold versus fixed costs. Okay. <laughs> what are we tracking there? And uh, how and why should we be tracking these business expenses? Yeah. Well, for one, it, you know, if we talk about cost of goods sold, a lot of people will also refer to that as direct cost. Um, and so, and what you put in direct costs versus in, in I'll, I'll actually use the term cost of goods sold versus other operating costs or, or G&A costs, because you, you could have some direct costs that are fixed, I suppose probably not that many, but you could also have uh, overhead costs that are variable, right? So it, it's more about direct versus overhead or operating costs. Give me an example um, of what a direct could be. So direct cost is probably your cleaning labor or your house labor. A lot of my clients will even put a lot of their uh, vacation rental software, such as their pricing software or even their PMS software as a direct cost. A lot of those are variable and those are direct costs associated with earning your, your top line revenue. So, but the easiest ones and, and what I see are, are kind of like a no brainer as far as what lands in that direct cost bucket is, you know, your maintenance labor, because you're going to have maintenance revenue, ideally, uh, cleaning labor, cleaning supplies and uh, other direct guest related expenses such as channel commissions, uh, merchant fees. A lot of times I'll see merchant fees down below, but I re really encourage people, hey, put those merchant fees up above the line uh, or, you know, in those direct costs. Because, and, and here's the reason why, the, the, the idea behind this is from an accounting perspective, we really want to understand, we use the term profit margin. And in this industry too, we'll use the term uh, take rate or uh, your net management revenue. Kind of all those terms are, are interused and can mean slightly different things uh, from, from one to the other. 
But at the end of the day, what we're trying to understand is for every rent dollar that you sell, how much profit margin are you making that is going to support your overhead costs, right? So, you know, the idea is that, hey, uh, I want for every rent dollar that I make, I want to have a gross margin of uh, what we could say take rate, which means that, hey, I make between for every dollar I'm making between 40 and 50 cents in management revenue. And then also from a from a gross profit margin, I really want to be in the 30 percent range from a gross profit margin. And that 30 percent then is going to support all of my overhead, and my fixed costs to run my business. And is so, that kind of the normal industry? I mean, you've kind of quoted some ranges in here. Is that like kind of industry targets that people should be shooting for? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I would say, you know, 40 to 50 or above on my take rate, which is, hey, what's my management commissions and ancillary fees uh, as a percentage of, I guess, all guest fees is how that is calculated. And then what is my, you know, my net management revenue after I've deducted my uh, direct costs. And again, we we see people in the 30 to 40 percent range are, are where you're really performing healthy from that perspective. Cool. All right. So the the cost of goods sold versus fixed cost again. I'm sorry. I feel like I sidetracked you. Did you finish yeah. that thought there? Uh, well, I think so. You know, again, uh, as opposed to fixed costs, I'll, I'll get back to your overhead costs, which is, hey, you know, maybe I have a general manager. Maybe I'm the general manager. You know, what's my office expense? Um, uh, you know, accounting. Maybe accounting software, Slack. You know, some of us, so many of us use uh, these these other software tools. So, so those are all my generally payroll that isn't direct payroll, right? Not not maintenance, not not housekeeping. Those are those are my uh, operating expenses, operating and GNA, and so 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 that's the difference. Hey, what are the things that are just you know largely fixed? Might be somewhat variable, but they're not really direct costs associated with serving uh, my owner, serving my guests. And so that's the difference between my my direct costs and, and my operating costs. And, you know, the ultimate reason why we want to know this is because it gets to our break, break, mark, uh, break even uh, point, right? Which says, hey, how much revenue do I have to make to break even every month? Which can be really important when you get into your shoulder season, because you really want to be taking a look at, okay, boy. You know, hey, if my revenue, you know, my revenue is going to take a dip in October and November and early part of part of December. OK, well, what are my fixed costs, uh, you know, and, and what's my gross profit margin? And that will help you calculate, hey, what's my break even point? So that because that's really what you want to do in, in shoulder season, right? Break even in shoulder season, uh, you know, rolling the dough in the in the busy season. So. Yeah. And, you know, kind of strategizing the cash flow, you know, so that it, you can, you know, whether you're saving to just get you through the shoulder season or whatnot. Yeah. So, all right, here we are year end as a property manager, I've got reporting requirements to my owners and all those different types of things <clears throat> that can get cumbersome. A lot of work involved with that, whether it's the 1099s and all these different things. So help us. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, hopefully, I mean, I think it, it starts actually not at the end of the end of the year, but it actually starts at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, if I can 
state it that way. And the reason is, is because ideally you have the right systems in place, right? So if you have the right, uh, you know, owner statement uh, system in place to track and report all of your revenues to your owners that can then consolidate all of that into, you know, a nice year end statement, uh, then, then that eases that burden a bit because, you know, for the most part at the end of the year with largely with one click of the button, you can produce this year in statement. You know, the flip side of that is, yes, we then need to um, file and report to uh, to the IRS all of these rents that in revenue that you've been collecting and then paying out to your owner. Look, probably one of the most, I don't know if it's controversial, but probably misunderstood or not understood uh, elements of property management accounting is that uh, when it does come to reporting that year-end number to your owner, you are technically supposed to, and I have lots of people that challenge me on this, but it's very, very clear in the in the IRS guidelines uh, that you should be reporting your gross rents before commissions or any other fees are deducted. And so that'll confuse a lot of people, you know, and it confuses the owner because they're like, I didn't get paid out this money. And so you really have to you know, educate your owners a bit and say, hey, we totally understand that that's not what you got paid, but we're required to report to you the revenue that you earn, that we collected on your behalf. And, and so that number that we're reporting you is the revenue. And then we've produced this year in statement for you to show all the deductions that get to the bottom line of what you're actually paid out. So, you know, and so all of those deductions should be deductions that your accountant is going to be taking on your tax return, uh, you know, most likely a Schedule E to get to your taxable income. So your taxable income should, should largely match, probably not exactly, but your taxable income is going to be the revenue less all those expenses. But the number reported on the 1099 is actually that, that top line revenue number before commissions and other fees are deducted. So again, it can, it can be complicated for owners, but hopefully if you have your, your system set in place and, and you educate them correctly, then it won't be a surprise to them when they, when they get it. Yeah. I'm going to illustrate this with some fake numbers. Okay. Right. You have this owner and they get this statement, this 1099, and it, it shows a hundred thousand dollars of revenue. And, yep. and like you said, they're like, you didn't send me a hundred thousand dollars. I only got, you know, 70. Why does it say a hundred thousand dollars? And in that, that breakdown, it shows where all the rest of that $30,000 went to Airbnb yep. and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But really in order to be accurately reporting, we need to report that full hundred thousand, not just the 70 that the owner got. Yeah. And, and, and part of that reason actually is that, uh, you know, if we really want to get technical and I haven't really ever seen like this type of kind of audit or anything take place, but let's, let's walk through why the IRS is doing that and why you're, you want to do it as the property management company. And here's the reason is that Airbnb and your merchant processor are required to report all of the revenue that they paid out to you. So you receive all of this money. And the IRS is that goes to the IRS. So the IRS is going, wow, you had six million dollars in revenue this year. That's that's pretty darn good. Now, if you were to just report uh 
you know, $70,000 in, or, or again, so let's say it was $10 million. You, you, you collected $10 million from Stripe and Airbnb throughout the year, but then you only report $7 million to the IRS. Well, now the IRS is going, okay, well then, you know, that, that, that difference, that $3 million is yours. But Again, it's all about the revenue because really all that $10 million is reported to you as income and you want to turn around and report all that $10 million. You're like, no, that wasn't my income. That was my owner's income. And that's really and, and that's really what you're doing because th that's where you open yourself up to, to some risk. Now, again, I think, you know, you'd probably be able to get through that audit, but the IRS would say, hey, you didn't file your 1099 correctly. And so anyway, you know, there is there's a real reason why you want to do it right. And it's it's in your best interest to do it right. Yeah. So I want you to tell us a little bit now, educate us, educate us about the VR platform and, you know, just kind of give us a, uh, an idea of, you know, how Zimplify can help people. Yeah. Well, I, I think the best place to start is just, you know, really uh, bifurcating between, hey, who, who's Zimplify and, and what is VRP? Zimplify, we are simply a outsourced accounting and consulting firm, right? So people come to us and they want us to fix their problems. And so uh, we take a, a combined uh, technology and people approach to solve people's problems. We wanna, we wanna make sure that we've got the right systems, the right accounting software, uh, leverage your property management systems, data, et cetera, to set things up as efficient as possible so that if you want us to do, do your accounting, you know, it's really efficient and easy for us to do that. And so that's what a lot of people do. They come to us, you know, they've had trouble finding people that understand this industry that can produce owner statements on time or they're tired of doing it themselves. And they say, Jesse, we want you to fix this and we want you to do it. So, and that's what we do. And we work with people from, you know, 10 to 20 uh, units that they're managing up to several thousand. So, you know, in, in total, we, we produce uh, somewhere around 8,000 understatements a month at this point for people around the globe. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, uh, I won't tell too much of the backstory, but, but in large part, we found uh, using accounting uh, features within property management systems to be challenging. I think most people out there would probably agree with that. No matter what, it's a challenging subject. It's, it's challenging to do, but for us, that's where we built in a, uh, a joint venture with some folks out of uh, the UK. I'll just talk very quickly about VRP. So VRP, essentially, we market ourselves or market it as a trust accounting plugin. So we're going to plug into your uh, property management system, into your merchant processor, into Airbnb, and some of your other channels. And we're going to uh, bring all that data into one, uh, you know, platform, VRP, and then we're going to automate the pro a lot of the processes around trust accounting for uh, for your business as a property management company. So we're going to post that data within the accounting system of your choice, QuickBooks, Zero, Sage Intact. And from there, we're then going to, you know, again, automate invoices and payments and payouts and reconciliations, et cetera. Finally, producing what everybody wants to do, which is nice, pretty, accurate, timely 
uh, owner statements for your owner. And so, you know, that's, that's what we do at the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, kind of, kind of a middleware in there. It's, yeah. it's aggregating information from a bunch of different sources and then kind of making sure that what goes into your accounting software is a more complete picture than just some deposit number from the bank, basically. Right. Exactly. exactly. Great. All right. Man, I have just peppered you with questions and honestly, I could go on and on, but thank you so much because there's so many things that it's just a huge part of running a really sharp operation and a huge pain point for a lot of people. So we appreciate, you know, you guys and people like you who are really helping and providing strong solutions for the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well thank you. Certainly you, the fiduciary responsibility of a property management, uh, a property manager, or even if you're managing your own properties, it's just, it, it's so key, right? It's so important. And uh, so we're, we're very proud to help people take it seriously and, and also make it easier. Yeah. So tell us how people can find you guys. How, how can they connect with Simplify? Yeah. So, I mean, the easiest way is to just find us on our website, www.zimplify.com. That's spelled with an X. I always say spell simplify, but put an X at the end and an I. At the end. <laughs> replace, replace the S and the Y with an X and an I. That's uh, zimplify.com. So that's the easiest place to find us. You can also uh, find us at uh, uh, vrplatform.app if you're interested in uh, seeing you know, a demo or signing up to use our app. So we are running a special right now. I think it's okay if I talk about that. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, so we are running a year in special right now where we're giving people a free month trial as well as three months, 50% off so that you can sign up, start using the software, connecting your, you know, all of your different systems, start seeing the data pull in, uh, set up some automations to post some invoices and payments and, and see how that works. And, and certainly, you know, our support team will reach out onboarding team to, to make sure that, you know, everything's working the way that you expect it to, or if you have any questions. So anyway, but that's the, uh, our year in special. So we're excited to get, you know, more people connected on our platform. I will, sh I should just say too, you know, currently we support HostAway, Guesty, Hostfully, uh, Hospitable, and Track. I think, I think the, those are it. If I said Guesty, Booking Automation too. So anyway, those are, all the systems that we support. So the other way is to email Brit at Zimplify.com. So she's listening and uh, she'll make sure to take care of you as well. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, and we will put links to all of that stuff in the show notes for today's show. So we'll make sure that we right. make it easy for people to connect up with you. So great. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you've been listening to the podcast, before we kind of wrap up here, I just want to kind of put a little bug in your ear as well. If you if you are not familiar with STR Hub, please make sure you take the opportunity to go over there. We have a section specifically talking about accounting solutions where we have additional information about Simplify. So you'll be able to check it out and learn more by going directly to them or also over onto STR Hub. So we are happy to help spread the word about what they're doing and the solution that they're providing for the short-term rental industry. So thank you for so much for joining us. If you've been listening to the podcast, we are going to let you go. But again, Jesse and I are going to continue the conversation and this will be bonus content that you can find on our YouTube channel. He is actually going to take us into that VR platform and just give us a quick 
tour and show us a little bit about how it works and, and that interface. So thanks again for joining us and be sure to join us next week when we have our next conversation with the innovators who are designing the solutions that are shaping our industry. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you could spare a moment, please leave the show a quick review. Your review helps us help more hosts and property managers like yourself. By the way, if you're a realtor, lender, bookkeeper, accountant, interior designer, or other professional who specializes in serving the short-term rental industry, we need to get you listed on STR Hub and start spreading the word about your services. So reach out to me via email, christiane at strhub.com. Thanks again for listening and be sure to join me next time to catch my latest conversation with the innovators designing the solutions that are shaping our industry.